you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Happy Wednesday. It is May 18th, 2022. And I want to say welcome here at His Hard Line for 1% or less with him. Today, we are going to be reading out of the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, and then a little bit of chapter 2. Actually, there's only four verses in chapter two, but we're going to read uh, chapter two, verses one through four on that. It's a very short book, um, but very interesting. Um, but a couple quick show notes before we get started. I am Jason, the co-host, and I have God and Jesus Christ at my side, or I should say I'm at their side. They are the host and they are the ones that are in charge. They they are you know behind the captain's wheel and they're at the helm. They're the ones that are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. But again, as I always keep saying, as it states in the Bible over 365 times, depending on the version of the Bible that you have, it says, fear not. So as long as we continue to put our faith and trust in God and Jesus Christ, they will steer us through these chaotic waters through life here. So anyways, uh, Still having some issues with uh, Podbean, and I, I don't know if it's so much a Podbean issue or if it's a web browser issue. I went against my better judgment, and I downloaded Google Chrome, and I am just having issue upon issue. Like, seriously, like, I was at my computer about 45 minutes now, and I've been dealing with, and, and I've never dealt with uh, lag or any type of latency issues with my Mac, but... Ever since I downloaded Google Chrome, all of a sudden I'm having all these stupid issues. <sighs> I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I really am getting growing more and more frustrated with technology. <laughs> I'm like at my brink of throwing up my hands and saying, okay, I'm done with this. I really am, but I'm not going to let that happen because, again, that's not what I do. But it's just I'm dealing with some very frustrating uh, challenges here with the technology, and I'm just... It's growing old. I'm ready for it to go back, uh, you know, start working properly again so I can actually continue off my show because this is really hindering progress. It's hindering, you know, the ability for me, you know, hindering my ability of creating a good content rich, you know, show. Um, And it just I feel like it's just never ending. So I do apologize. And I hope you please stick with me um, through these. um, Well, through these stumbling blocks that I, you know, keep getting thrown in my direction here. So. I must be doing something right because otherwise I would not be continuously having these issues because, I mean, it's just, this is just insane. I've, I've never dealt with this kind of technological, um, these kind of technological issues to this degree, mind you. (sighs) But anyway, so it is Wednesday, happy hump day, and we are going to be reading out of the book of Habakkuk. And, um, let me pull this up. So in Habakkuk, I was hearing another podcaster talking about it, and Habakkuk is the only prophet to devote his entire work to the question of the justice of God's government of the world. And in the Bible as a whole, um, only Job delivers a more pointed challenge to divine rule. Now, 
Habakkuk's challenge is set up as a as a dialogue between the prophet and God, in which in which Habakkuk's opening complaint about injustices in the prophet and God, in which Habakkuk's op- uh, in in excuse me in Judean society, and um, and it's followed by God's promise that the perpetrators will be punished by invading the Chaldeans, also known as uh, you know I.E. Babylonians. Now Habakkuk's second complaint about the violence of the Chaldeans themselves is followed by a second divine response assured, assuring the prophet of the reliability of God's rule and calling for human faithfulness. Now the dialogue is followed by a series of observations on the disastrous nature of tyranny and by a vivid description, um, which we'll read in chapter 3 of God's appearance to save the people. And chapter 3 may be the prophet's prayer that God fulfilled the promises made earlier to Habakkuk, or a hymn praising God's power added to Habakkuk's speeches by editors. But in either case, the description of the uh, theophany draws heavily upon ancient editors. And in either case, um, excuse me, um, in ancient traditions in which God establishes order by defeating chaos symbolized by rebellious waters. So I was just kind of reading just a little bit of um, kind of like an intro here at the beginning of the chapter. It's very interesting Um, because the book of Habakkuk really seems to run parallel to what we're seeing today. So let's just kind of dive right in. So like chapter one. It reads, the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet received in a vision. How long, this is Habakkuk's first complaint, by the way. And it reads, how long, O Lord, must I cry for help and you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, and you do not intervene? Why do you let me see iniquity? Why do you simply gaze at evil? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and discord. This is why the law is numb and justice never comes. For the wicked surround the just. This is why justice comes forth perverted. Look over the nations and see. Be utterly amazed. Now this is God's response, by the way. He says, look over the nations and see. Be utterly amazed. For a work is being done in your days that you would not believe were it told. For now I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and impulsive people, who marched the breadth of the land to take dwellings not their own. They are terrifying and dreadful. Their right and their exalted positions are of their own making. Swifter than leopards are their horses, and faster than desert wolves. Their horses spring forward. They come from far away. They fly like an eagle hastening to devour. All of them come for violence. Their combined onslaught, a storm wind to gather up captives like sand. They scoff at kings, ridicule princes. They laugh at any fortress, head up an earthen ramp and conquer it. Then they sweep through like the wind and vanish. They make their own strength their god. And now we get to Habakkuk's second complaint. Are you not from of old, O Lord, my holy God, immortal? Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. 
O rock, you have set them in place to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look upon wickedness in the sight of evil that you cannot endure. Why then do you gaze on the faithfulness in silence while the wicked devour those more just than themselves? You have made mortals like the fish in the sea, like creeping things without a leader. He brings them up all up with a hook and hauls them away with his net. He gathers them in the fishing net and then rejoices and exalts. Therefore, he makes sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his fishing net. For thanks to them, his portion is rich and his meal lavish. Shall they then keep on drawing his sword to slaughter nations without mercy? Now we get into chapter 2, and again, this is only four verses, and it reads, I will stand at my guard post and station myself up upon the rampart. I will keep watch to see what will say to me and what answer he will give to my complaint. And God's response. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision. Make it plain upon tablets, so that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is a witness for the appointed time, a testimony to the end. It will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. See, the rash have no integrity, but the just of one, but the just one who is righteous because of faith shall live. That right there really details what we're seeing today. And a lot of what we're reading here with regard to the law, it seems like the law is numb because the Lord has been silent and the law, whether in the form of the scroll found in the temple in that time of Josiah or in the form of divine instruction given by priests and prophets has proved ineffective and so appeared to be cold and unreceptive and almost powerless. For the law to be credible, the Lord must see to it that the wicked are punished and the just rewarded. That's typically kind of how that would work. But as we read in verses 5 through 7, Habakkuk interprets the Babylonian defeat of, you know, of Egypt at uh, Carchemish, which was back in 605 B.C., as the answer to his complaint, and the Lord will send the Chaldean Empire against Judah as punishment for their sins. Now, as we continue to read on in verse 11, now the primary alm of the, of the military campaigns by ancient... Um, I tell you, I'm so sorry. My computer, I, this, see, this is the kind of thing that I'm just, I'm dealing with here. My computer wants to be goofy here. Lord, help me here. But as I was saying that the primary aim of military campaigns by, um, by ancient Near Eastern rulers was usually the gathering of spoils and the collection of tribute rather than the, um, annexation of territory. So, however, in the 8th century before Christ, the Assyrians began to administer many conquered territories as provinces. 
And then as we read verses uh, chapter 1, verse 12 through chapter 2 through 1, where it says, appointed them for judgment, this complaint is directed against the violent Babylonians, the very nation God chose to punish. And then as they talk about in verse 12, the rock, an ancient title celebrating the Lord, Lord's powerful power and fidelity. And he is, he, the Babylonian king, who easily conquers other nations and treats them as objects for his entertainment and enrichment. He makes sacrifices to his net and the leader attributes victory to the military weapons he yields. And therefore he and his weapons have won victory and not any God. Now, when, when he was told to write down the vision, the vision is written down for two reasons. So that a herald may carry and proclaim its contents to the people, and so that the reception of that vision and its truth can be verified by its fulfillment. And so, as it says in chapter 2, verse 4, where the just one who is righteous because of faith shall live, the faithful survive the impending doom because they trust in God's justice and wait patiently for God to carry it out. Several New Testament passages cite these words, and you can find this in Roman and Galatians and Hebrews, and it confirms that the teaching that the people receive justification and supernatural life through faith in Christ. And so that's what we kind of are seeing right now kind of play out in present day. We're seeing what appears to be many injustices. We're seeing what seems to be just an unstoppable evil and wickedness throughout this world. And it takes the form of, it takes, the, you know, it takes the form of many labels from different labels within the political realm to the religious realm and uh, to, and everything outside of those categories. We're seeing so much. It's like we're seeing so much evil. It's so much in our face. We're from commercials to TV to some of the programming. And again, it's called programming for a reason, but some of the, to some of the programming that we see and what our children watch, even on Disney. And yet, it seems like God's not doing anything, right? A lot of people would say, well, why is God not doing anything? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes we need to go and we need to go through these things, right? We need to, we need to, as a people, maybe not so much individually, right? But as a people, we really need to kind of weather these, 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 chaotic waters, as I always call them, right? We have to weather the storm to really fully understand what it is that we're dealing with for one, but for two. So when we do come out on the other end of this and God finally, you know, intervenes and we turn to God and say, God, please, you know, you, you please help us. We, we understand evil that's at hand here. We don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, God wants people to turn their hearts. That's kind of like how I see it. God wants people to turn their hearts to Christ and invite Christ into their own hearts so that they may be bridged to him up in heaven. But he's, he's not, God's not staying silent on these things because he wants to be an unjust God and he wants to invoke punishment on everybody on earth. No, that's not what he's doing. 
it's kind of like a, a, a parent, right, to a child. When they do something wrong, you don't want to just, you know, fix it they're wrong. You kind of want to let them kind of marinate in their wrongdoing to a degree and, 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 and you know, kind of you want them to kind of go through it, right? You want, you want them to go through the struggle. So that there might be a, uh, a more impactful learning lesson that may be taken on the other end of that. Because otherwise, how are we going to learn? So anyways, probably not one of my best interpretations or explanations after a reading. And I apologize for that. My mind's a little flustered. So I, I ask for your, your grace and forgiveness on this because I really am trying to do my best to work with what I'm dealing with here on this, uh, with the technology here, it's been just a challenge after another. When I thought I had it figured out, it gives me some more issues. So I'm just, oh, I'm just, I'm kind of over all of it, but I'm going to keep coming back. I wanted to do a his hardline quick look, but with all the issues that I'm having, I'm not sure if I'm really going to be able to because it's been getting late now and I still haven't, you know, made dinner yet. So maybe we'll try that again tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. I do apologize. I haven't did a, a his hardline quick look in quite some time. Um, but anyways, um, I say all that to say this. Let's have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for the day that we just had. And thank you for the evening ahead. And we pray that we can get resolve uh, with this technology, with Podbean, with whatever is going on here. I just pray that your hand touches this. Um, your divine hand can touch whatever is going on here so that we can get back to business um, of, of spreading your good news, your good word, and that, um, and that we can continue to do, you know, to um, educate people out there in the world about the assemblies and about what's going on in the world and to kind of help people along with this awakening process of what's really going on in the world. So just please help us out here. I pray for your divine touch and, and uh, I know all things are possible through you. And, and, and I pray for everybody out there that's listening to this. I hope everybody has good health and everybody had a wonderful day. And we pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. That's all I have for the day. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful night. God bless. I want to say thank you again for joining us here at His Heart Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.ishardline.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Have a blessed day.